I want to apologize that last week the audio wasn't good, so good. I don't know why it was. I tried to test out the microphone this time to make sure that the audio is good. So far it seems like it's working, and let's hope, Be'ezus Hashem, that this week will be better than last week. We have a very Gishmak HaSichet, about the fact that the Yidin waited for Miriam for an extra seven days. Rashi says the Eibishter gave her COVID, gave her honor. We're going to analyze what it means. We're going to see something very unique here, as we've seen in the past, how the Rebbe takes Rashi and analyzes each and every detail, including the word Vigaymar, etc. At the end of Rashi, there's an etc. And that in itself is going to have a whole uh, explanation from the Rebbe, and it's really very beautiful. In addition, there is a uh, halachic analysis in the middle of the Sikha based on the Rebbe's Biur, as well as a beautiful Yena Shaltaino. Let us begin. In Seifa Parsha, in the beginning of the Parsha, from Pasuk, Vatisagir Miriam, Echuslamachana, Shivas Yamim, Vehaom, Leinosa, Adi, Asif Miriam. This is a story where Miriam speaks to Aharon, Lashon Hara, something that was somewhat negative about Moshe Rabbeinu, and Miriam contracts Saras. So Miriam is isolated outside of the camp of the Yidden, Shivas Yama for seven days, and then it says, Miriam, the people did not travel until Miriam was regathered or readmitted into the people. Rashi quotes the words the people didn't travel when it's and explains. This was an honor that was accorded to her by the Abishter, because of the one hour or the one unit of time that she waited for Moshe, when Moshe had to be thrown into the river. As the Pasik says, his sister stood from afar, etc. So that's Rashi's explanation. The Yidin waited for Miriam. This was a covet, an honor that was given to her by Hashem because she waited for Moshe Rabbeinu when he was put into the basket in the Nile River. The fact that Rashi has to say anything over here. What is bothering Rashi? is They explain the question on these words. The people didn't travel until Miriam was was gathered in or readmitted into society. The next Pasuk right away says, and after that, after she was readmitted into the into uh, uh, amongst the Jewish people, then the people traveled. That the traveling of the people took place after Miriam was isolated for the seven days. So why does the Torah have to tell us that the people didn't travel? It's about to tell us that after she finished her seven days, then they traveled. So therefore, Rashi comes to explain, as the the redundancy is oisin. Meidiazain is here to let us know, as does the fact that they didn't travel is going to leave your covered wagon was for the sake of her honor. In other words, if it would have just said once, um, you would think that that's what happened. Well, there wasn't that there wasn't a, 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 a specific intention for it. That it happens to be there were seven days, and then they traveled. When the pasuk says Vaham Le Nasa, the pasuk is telling us that they didn't travel. There was a reason why they didn't travel. The fact is that they waited seven days on purpose to give her the respect, the honor. However, we have to understand. Here is a general question that the Rebbe has on Rashi. In pasuk Nasa, the pasuk says that the people didn't travel. Why does Rashi say and what is his source? This is an honor that came from Hashem. The Pasuk says the people didn't travel. Especially since Rashi is also changing from the expression, from the wording that Chazal used in the Mishnah, therefore the Yidin waited for her. The Mishnah over there in Saita is giving various different examples of of things that happened. The, uh, I guess we could say in English, measure for measure. But this is a, an expression that's used that when the Abishter rewards or the opposite, it is commensurate to the, the deed that was done. 
So the Mishnah gives an example over there that uh, that Miriam waited for Moshe Rabbeinu lefichach nisakvula Yisrael, and therefore the Yidden waited for her. And the term over there is Yisrael Yidden waited. So Rashi is not just changing from the Lashon HaKosov, where it says, nasa. Rashi is changing from the Mishnah, which is probably his source, where it says Yisrael. The pastor's came and the Rebbe is going to suggest an answer that he's going to refute right away. All of the travelings, as well as the stops, the, camp, the encampments, was not dependent on their decision. Rather, as it is written in our very Sadra, it was according to the times that the cloud lifted from above the tent, meaning the Mishkan. When the, when the cloud lifted, the Yidden would travel. And in that place where the Onan, where the cloud would stop, would rest, that's where the Yidden would camp. So it's obvious that the fact that the Yidden didn't travel until Miriam was brought back in to the people is given their their farvas their onan Hashem was because the Abish's cloud they had not yet lifted. So obviously this covenant is coming from Hashem because the Yidden whatever they wanted to have done wouldn't have mattered. Because they had to wait for the Abishtah to give the signal to start traveling. So therefore Rashi says this covet came from Hashem because the Yidden were waiting for the signal that Hashem would give them of the cloud lifting and beginning to travel. This is Masma Nachman. We could take this a step further. Rashi specifies that this covet was accorded to her by this honor was accorded to her by Hashem. It doesn't say that it was given to her without saying whom or she received it. But Rashi emphasizes Hamoker. When the Mishnah says that the Yidin waited, although we have to clarify, as their Mishnah is moving us, is given totally in the honor. The Mishnah would certainly accept that the actual traveling of the Yidden was dependent on the lifting of the cloud. So then why does it say the Mishnah is the The Mishnah is telling us that the fact that the clouds waited was also because of the Yidden. That also the Yidden wanted to wait for her. And therefore, even though uh, it's the Abishter's choice when to lift the cloud, but the Abister was doing something in this case that he didn't want it, and therefore the Mishnah is giving the hidden credit for it. But that would mean that according to Rashi, on the other hand, is the since Rashi changes the words of the Mishnah and says despite the fact that even the Mishnah agrees that the Yidden didn't travel until the until the cloud lifted. Rashi obviously is telling us that the only reason that they waited was because the Abishta gave them covered. Which means that the reason that they didn't travel was because the Onan, the cloud didn't move, and not because of the fact that the Yidden wanted to wait for those seven days. So, in other words, what's the Esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'esma'
um, them to wait? Did they wait seven days? And see if Bez, the Rebbe is going to ask a few questions about the choice of Rashi's words. Aleph, we have to under, we have to understand as well. Aleph to the boss is Rashi. Why does Rashi have to add the words when Moshe was thrown into the river? Why is it relevant? When was this time that Miriam waited for Moshe? Rashi could have said, as the Mishnah says, that Miriam waited for Moshe for one hour, for one unit of time, as the Pazik says, without describing to us what was the scenario when Miriam was waiting. Why does Rashi have to add the word Meirochek that she waited from afar? Then, had Rashi brought just the words, his sister stood, it would be understood that she was waiting for Moshe. Not only does Rashi add the word Meirochek, which, which we don't understand why, is Rashi also adds, etc. Which is hinting, to the continuation of the Psukim. Why is what happens after that in those Psukim relevant? All we have to know is that she waited for him. The fact that there's a whole story that continues there, how is that relevant to over here, to this situation? So these are our questions. Number one, why does Rashi say Chalak Mokim? Number two, why does Rashi tell us the situation, the scenario, when Moshe was thrown into the mountain? Number three, why does Rashi add the word Meirochek, that Miriam was waiting from afar? And why does Rashi add the word Vegoimar, etc.? How does that add anything to this Rashi? Gimel, so in order to answer this question, Rashi is going to introduce another basic question on this entire story. And that question is going to be, what kind of honor is it? Do you say, oh, it's a big honor, they waited for Miriam. What kind of honor is it? Had they not waited for her, they would have left her a, a, a one individual person all by themselves in a desert. It's, it's dangerous. It's not like there was uh, cell phones or, or, or any way, or even lights. If she would have been one person all by herself in a desert, seven day, at least seven days away from everyone else. What's the, what is even the, 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 the thought of making her wait by herself? We have to understand what is this covet, this honor that was accorded to Miriam. The mitzvah must give out of fear by the fact that, you, that they waited for her. If you learned it very, very simply, as when the Eden of Old Nafir nid givart, but the Blaib and the Midbar went ahead of that covet. Had the Eden not waited for her, she would have been stuck behind by herself. This would have been a lack of respect. This is, this is very, very questionable. Had she remained by herself in the Midbar, this is literally a life-threatening situation. It's not a lack of honor. It's, it's a dangerous. Oh. So the Rebbe right away suggests that maybe this is an answer and refutes it. Maybe this is why Rashi brings the words that Moshe was thrown into the river to emphasize that this was measure for measure. Just like the time that Miriam waited for Moshe was a matter of danger because he was in, in, a, in a little basket in the water, the basket could flip, Moshe could drown, it was a, or, or, or a mitzni could come and kidnap him, whatever, it was a, play, it was a time of danger. And so too, the repayment, the reciprocity that the Ebishter gives her, is the same thing. She shouldn't have to remain in the desert. She shouldn't be in a situation of danger. Maybe that's exactly what Rashi is trying to say, that she was not placed in, in, in a dangerous situation because she kept Moshe out of a dangerous situation. That's a doichik, Rashi says. He says more than that. The Rabbi says, You can't say that. Why? Rashi uses the word honor. If that was the meaning, then this would be a situation of saving her from danger. Rashi wouldn't have said COVID. He would say Hatzalah or whatever another word Rashi would use to describe that we're saving her from danger because she said Mesha from danger. And Rashi doesn't use that word. He uses the word COVID. So we have to understand what is the COVID that was accorded to her. And based on that, we'll understand the answers to the other questions that we have on Rashi. And Siftal the Rebbe is going to introduce 
what seems to be a a, a gewaldige chiddush in the in the pshat of what this pasuk or these psukim mean, and based on that, we'll see in sifay it actually is a chiddush in halacha. But let's take one sif at a time. The beer bazaar. And the fact that the Eivishter says that she should be isolated or, or quarantined for seven days outside of the camp, and then she could be readmitted, is move on as Miriam's refuah, is understood that Miriam's healing, which is the time when she could be readmitted, is totally in them, it's dependent on the fact that she should be quarantined or isolated for seven days outside of the machana. And to clarify, what do we mean by this? Outside of all of the three camps that made up the Jewish people at that time in the desert. And when we describe, when we define a machana, a camp, which machana comes from the word chaniya, Camping or resting, like Vayichan Shom, or it's at the same Shadish, in this Benidinze, in this case. What are you, when, when could you use the term Machana? And therefore, say that this person is isolated outside of the Machana, is only possible when they are camping, when they are stationary. As Rashi explained earlier, Inside, within the curtains that marked the chotzer, the courtyard of the Mishkan, that's called the camp of the Shechina, of the Ebishter. The encampments of the families of the Levium around the Mishkan, that's the camp of the Levium. And from there until the end of the camp of the flags, which is where the different shvatim that were identified by their flags, Himachin Yisrael, that's the camp of Yisrael. So therefore, when is it a camp? When it's situated exactly in that position. The Mishkan is standing, there's cloim that are up, there's a Mishkan inside of that, and people around that, etc. But when they're traveling, you can't use the definition outside of the camp. Certainly not outside of the three camps, because it wasn't really three camps. The, the Mishkan has been uh, dismantled, and it's being transported. People are moving, so it's hard to define that they were exactly in formation as they traveled. And therefore, it's not exactly Michutz Lamachana. The Rebbe Nehara 21 brings from a Pasuk in our parsha Min HaMachana, Mimokim Chaniyasan, when you say that they would go from the Machana, from their place of encampment, implying that the Machana is when they are encamped, when they are in one place, settled. So therefore, when could you use the term Yichotz Machana? Only if the Yidin are in one place, not when they're traveling. Therefore, if the Yidin wouldn't have waited while they were encamped, the seven days of quarantine for Miriam, although clearly she would not have waited in the Midbar by herself, she would have gone along with the Yidin. But since they would not, she would not have been able to fulfill the commandment that she should be quarantined for seven days outside of the camp. Because the concept of camp would have been uh, uh, cancelled or, 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 or seized. This would lead to the fact that until Miriam could be readmitted into the people, it would have extended beyond the seven days. Because the travel time cannot be included in the seven quarantine days because it has to be Michutz Lamachana and there's no Machana. The Rabbi in order 25 actually brings that there, there might be an opinion that all seven days have to be observed consecutively. So not only would, would, would it take a longer time until she could collect, accumulate seven days uh, of Hezger while they are in Bemachana, while they are encamped, 
but she would have to start again. Excuse me. She would have to restart again every time when they came to to a stop to start her seven days again, which would have might have taken a very long time. And this is the honor that was accorded to her. As that Yidin should delay their travels for seven days in their Chania, in this place of encampment. To right away begin and be able to complete the seven quarantine days. So this is a very Gishmaka explanation. This wasn't a matter of life and death. No one was considering to leave Miriam by herself in the desert. The Yidin should just travel off. But what the Abyss was trying to do is to hasten Miriam's readmission into the people, into the Machana. In order to do that, she needs seven days while they are encamped and not moving and not traveling. So the Abyssar made them wait seven days so that way she should have seven days of machana so that she could be michutzla machana for those seven days and immediately be readmitted into society without having to prolong her, her, her wait any longer than seven days. This is the covet that the Rashi is talking about. Now, before we go to, to, to answer the rest of the questions we have on Rashi, in CFA, the Rebbe is going to sort of deviate into a halachic discussion based on this Chiddush. This idea that, that Miriam had to wait for seven days, the Rebbe is going to apply that to every Mitzayda, that every Mitzayda has to wait seven days, that the waiting is a part of the healing or, or purification process. And based on that, the Rebbe is going to discuss what happens when there's no Machna. Based on this, we see how from Rashi we can learn in these amazing ideas that are applicable also in the area of halacha, of Jewish law. If here in here in our parsha, on the words after that, after the seven days, she could be readmitted. But notice the word is te'osef. I say, I teach, whatever, it uses the term asifa by a mitzayra, even though the word asifa literally means a gathering. So what does it mean that the mitzayra is gathered? Because he's being sent out from the camp, out to outside of the camp, and when he is healed, he is gathered back in to the camp. Therefore, uses the term asifa, which is the, which is an expression of readmission or re-entering. From them is mashma. From this we understand as the that when the abister commanded that Miriam should have to wait seven days. In quarantine outside of the camp by Miriam is farbunin midemvas is gamitzmitzeras is connected with mitzayda. The fact that Rashi is explaining achar teyosef and comparing it to a mitzayda is mashma that the delay that Miriam had to wait it's these seven days is connected with the fact that she was a mitzayras. Alpizi yishlemer as the din as the din by mitzayda, and therefore we so we now we can apply back. That when we there is a din by mitzayda, call you measure anega by yitma. As long as there is a nega, there is a tsaras upon him. Yitma, he is tummy. Bodod yeshev, he has to sit isolated. Michutz lamachan amayshavai, his dwelling is outside of the camp. Is nit azaytik erchiyuv. Now we understand that this isn't a side thing. Vibalda said his tummy muzas amichutz lamachan that because he's he's impure, he has to wait. He has to be outside of the camp. Nor does this This is a condition, a detail in the process of his purification. If there's a lack in his isolation, being outside of the camp, you cannot reach his purification point. As we get at from Miriam like we just said about Miriam, that she had to wait seven days in order to be able to be readmitted into the society. And in the brackets, the Rebbe adds that this is not just about a Mitzayda that is a confirmed Mitzayda and is now waiting to begin his purification process. The same thing would apply even by a Mitzayda Muzgar. A Mitzayda Muzgar means 
a mitzvah that is pending. The Kayan was not able to, to determine whether this was a tzaras a, that is Tomei or not. So he tells the Mitzayra to quarantine for seven days and they will take another look at it in seven days. Now, the same thing would apply, which is even a much, much bigger Chiddush because his, his Tara didn't even begin yet. He's only, he, he's pending. But Zaynufu is totally But also his healing process is dependent on being quarantined for a number of days. As the Pasik says, the Kayan should quarantine this Tzaras for seven days. According to the above, it would, it would be implied that if he is lacking in the amount of seven days where he is quarantined outside of the Machna, is to his Tara is delayed until he has seven complete days outside of the Machna. So, Chiddush number one is that it's not just uh, uh, by default, that because he's Tomei he ha- and he can't be around people, therefore he has to go Mechotz Lamachana. No. There's actually a necessary component of his Tara process that he should be for seven days Mechotz Lamachana. However, by Miriam, we knew exactly what it has to be. She has to wait seven days, outside of the camp, and therefore the camp waited for her. So that way she could be outside of it. And then she could go back to be with her people. However, by Mitzayda, we're going to look at the words of the Pasuk and we're going to analyze them that maybe there is a little bit of a difference. By the Mitzayda, it says similarly two things. Number one, that he should sit alone, isolated. And his dwelling should be outside of the camp. Is Makim Ladun, this leaves room for a conversation, for a discussion. Vos is Dodder Iker, what is the most important part over here? See, Bodod Yeshiv, the Shlila, is it just the isolation, the negative? As on Nidzain in Machna, nor Bodod, a Filuven as Michutzla Machna. The most important part over here is he should be isolated, he should be alone. Even if it's Michutzla Machna, he has to be alone. Because He's Tomei. He has to be away from everybody else. Or is it necessary specifically he should be outside of the camp? Is it enough to take him away from the people? Or does he be, have to be outside of the camp? What is the difference? Seems like the same thing. There will be a difference. There will be a relevance. Similar to the discussion we had about Miriam. What happens if there's a situation where he can't be outside of the camp? Because there is no camp. For example, they're traveling. The Yidin are traveling and there's no camp. So he can't be but he could still be Badon. He could still be isolated. Nor boys their Badon Yeshev. All you could have is Badon Yeshev. The question, the discussion would be Will this hold him back from reaching his purification point? Time. He did the badot. He didn't do michutz lamachana. Does it work? By Miriam, we know it didn't. It wouldn't work because it says clearly. Uh, but Alva by Mitzayda, where it tells us badot yeshiv michutz lamachana is the is the most important part badot yeshiv. And therefore, if he was isolated for seven days, even when there's no machana, it's still he's ready for his tara. Or does it have to be specifically outside of a machana? The Rebbe once again brings up this, this pending Mitzayda. If there's a situation where there's no Mitzayda Machana, can the days that he is isolated, can they be included in the number of seven days? He's like the rest of the if the emphasis is bodod yeshev, then since during this time he was not in with the rest of the people, he was not in the machna or not in whatever wherever the people are, so they would count for the part of the seven days. that you have to have It's not enough bodod yeshev. He would have to wait till there is a camp. To be outside of it, to be able to fulfill the seven days that he is outside of the machna.
So this is a very interesting, a very interesting discussion. Is it enough to remove the Mitzayda away from the people? Or does the Mitzayda have to be Michutz la machana, outside of a machana? And if there's no machana, then there is no, then it doesn't count for seven days. And according to this, this question could be relevant in practical halacha today. The, the, the din of purifying a Metzayda is applicable whether in Eretz Yisrael or outside of Eretz Yisrael, whether in a time when the Beis Mikdash is standing or even in a time after the Beis Mikdash was destroyed. Well, the according to this, Lady Deus, as the din on Kedushas Machnas Virushlaim is yet nitshayich. According to the opinion that because the Beis was destroyed, and we do not have control of Yerushalayim, therefore it does not count as a Machna. In other words, after the Yidden went into Eretz Yisrael, the 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 Harabayis was Machna Yisrael, and Yerushalayim was. Um, I don't remember exactly where the machnas are aligned, but the the the, the machnas were based on the Besamikdo standing, and it was based on Yerushalayim being being the gathering place. Now that the Besamikdo is destroyed, so there's no concept of machnas. So there is a concept of metzoda, but there's no concept of machnas. Is the shaila eba metzoda can come And based on this. This will raise a question, can a Mitzayra become Tahir in today's time after the Khurban? Now, I don't, I don't know of Tzaras being applicable today, but hypothetically, practically, if there was a person that was a Mitzayra, this ha question has a practical application. We do have a Mitzayra, we do have the, uh, the Din of Mitzayra to be applied today, but we don't have a Makna. We don't have a camp for him to go mechutz l'machna. If the important part is that it's bothered yeshiv, it's only zayin in machna. He should not be in the camp. But the important thing is he should be away from people. He does guilty gechmas on azat. Then it's applicable even today, because we can isolate him. If he has to be outside of a camp, then you can't purify him after the churban because. There's no camp for him to go out of. And even if you're going to respond, as Vibaldi Gantz Metzias for Machnes is Nitos, since the whole idea of Machnes doesn't exist. Even when he became Tommy, there was no Machnes. Therefore, he does not need to go out of the Machnes uh, in actuality because it, does, it didn't exist. In other words, the Rebbe is suggesting over here that maybe even if you uh, hold that it has to be Michutz Lamachana, that he has to go outside of the Machana, that would apply only if he was in the Machana when he became Tomei, then he has to go out of the Machana to become Toher. But if he never was in the Machana to begin with, then he doesn't have to go out of the Machana, even if that would be your suggestion. And therefore today, 2,000 years after the Churban, when he becomes Tomei, he's outside of the Machana to begin with, and therefore... Sorry, there is no machna to begin with, and therefore he doesn't have to go out of the machna in order to become Tahir. Is Malkin Lashayla now the above question still has an application? If he became Tommy while the Besamigdus was still standing, and during, during the days of his Tumah, the Besamigdus was destroyed. And Yerushalayim was destroyed. Can he can he become tired after the Khurban? Because now there's no more Machana and he can't go for Shiva's Yomim for seven days. So this would be a question. This would have been a question that someone would ask. And therefore, in a time when there's no machana, either because they're traveling in the midbar and there's no machana, or it's after churban abayis, and there is no machana to go out of, can the person become toyer without a machana? Now we see that in Rashi, there's dvarim, ufloim, there's incredible ideas that have an halachic application based on what we said about Miriam, that Miriam needed seven days michutz la machana. 
In order to become toir, kem and aris leir nech ben agiatzi adam mitzayda. From that we could derive for every other mitzayda. As in the gia, that's how that achiyuv as those aymichot from achin meishavet. There is a a, a positive. Uh, commandment here that they have to dwell outside of a machana. And therefore, this would this would this would imply as B'shaas says, "Is nitodim mitzias for machanas that if there's no concept of a machana, for example, the base of was destroyed, and therefore we lost the idea of machana. And we cannot fulfill the commandment of Michutz la Machana Meshavai that the person should dwell the Mitzayda should dwell outside the Machana Kenanit Kumulatar Rasa Mitzayda cannot become Torah. So obviously there's no really idea of Tzaraz today. But if there was a concept of Tzaraz today, the Mitzayda would remain pure, impure, indefinitely because he would not be able to do seven days Michutz la Machana outside of the camp because there is no Machana and from Miriam and the way Rashi teaches the the kavod that Miriam got that she would have had to wait seven days while the Yidden had a machana. This teaches us that for every other mitzvah that that in a time when there's no machana, it's impossible for the mitzvah to become to her. Now in Sifav we're going to go back to Arashi. So we've established that what was Miriam's kavod? Miriam's kavod was that they waited seven days so that way she could complete. Her seven-day quarantine right away, without having to prolong it uh, to the to the next stops that the Yidden would make after they continued their journey. According to the above, the Miriam's covet Miriam's honor consisted of the fact that the time that she was quarantined. For seven days, and therefore her subsequent healing was not extended into a longer and more extended period of period of time. We could answer why Rashi says that Hamokim was the was what accorded her this honor. He seemingly should have used a a term. A word that would be more consistent with what the pasuk says. And similar to the Mishnah, that the Yidden waited for her shiva yom seven days. Canal, as we asked this question in the beginning of the sicha, Rashi wants to emphasize the the grandness, the grandeur of her of her honor. Then he should have. Spoken as as it said in the Sifri and the Mechilta, the Abishar delayed the Shechina, the Abishar's presence, the Orin and the Orin, the Kerem, and all the Yidden, the Shiva, and the seven clouds of glory, that would have emphasized the, the greatness of the honor. So if Nasi wants to, wants to emphasize the great honor, he should have added, he should have elaborated even more. And if Rashi is here to tell us that there was COVID, then he should have said, like the Mishnah says, and as and as it's understood from the Pasik, Veha Amla Nasa. And here, so here's the answer. Rashi is that as a we sent to Zagan Vedas at Tsukatilt Irdam Kavid. When Rashi uses the word Hamakim, Rashi is not here solely to tell us who was the one to accord her this honor. Did Abish Yidden, whether it came from Hashem or it came from the Yidden. Rashi wants to emphasize that the covet, the honor, is connected with the place where they are encamped. The fact that the Abishter, who is also called Amokim, commanded to immediately quarantine her in this place, so that she should be seven days outside of the camp. The word Hamokim has two meanings. Hamokim can mean Hashem. Hamokim could mean the place. Rashi wants to hint to us that the cover that she's getting is connected with the place that they're in. That they sh- she should stay in this place for seven days so that way she could complete her seven-day quarantine period. And therefore, she received this covet in this place by the Abish that was called Hamokim. Because the Abister wanted her to be here right away, because the Abister is the one who commanded this mitzvah of Shivas Yom this uh, command, this requirement of Shivas Yom Yosef. So the word Hamokim is referring to the command from the Abister that came that she should be in this place for the seven days. 
So therefore, Rashi would agree, like the Mishnah, with the Mishnah, that the Yidin wanted to give her this honor as well. The fact that he uses the word Amokrim is not to exclude the Yidin from this from this uh, wanting to give her honor, but to emphasize that where was the COVID? The COVID was connected in this Mokrim, in this place that they were camped at this time. Now, to answer the question, why does Rashi go into the whole conversation of where this happened? And notice that earlier we said that is connected to Midah, connected Midah. That they, they, they waited for Moshe, that they waited for Miriam here because she, Miriam waited for Moshe and Abishta was giving her Midah connected Midah. So we asked, why do we have to know about where it was? So the Rebbe is going to answer this question. And he says like this This is a very beautiful explanation. They gave her honor by waiting for her seven days so she could, she could complete. Her hezger, she could complete her quarantine and be readmitted to society and life goes on. However, a person is going to ask, Who is the midah connected midah? From them COVID was cholak la amokim, midah shah achas, shinisak for the Moshe. What's the parallel? What's the, the, uh, the commensurate level of the COVID, the honor that Hashem is giving her here with the time that she waited for Moshe? Darten is given an Indian from Hushlach layer. Over there, he was thrown into the to the river, which affected which was affected Moshe in a matter of life and death. How could you say that the honor that Abish was giving her to give her to, to, to complete her seven day hezger period? How is that a befitting reward? For what she did, Undas is in Baidik Tsavis. The Rebbe is going to ask this question from two opposite extremes. On the one hand, Mitzadir Pu'ula Gufa. If you look at the perspective of her action, is there Vatisatza Vazach Vanatzalat Nefoshes? The fact that Miriam was standing there was something of, of, the, uh, of saving lives. Which is the greatest, highest thing that a person can do to save a life. And to give person honor, to honor someone for that, even if it's the greatest possible honor, is not co com uh, comparable. This person saved lives. What are you going to give them for that? A little covet, a lot of covet. It's not the same thing. On the other hand, Miriam's Miriam's waiting for Moshe for a very small amount of time is self-verständlich. I feel like our person mentioned. It's obvious. It's self-understood even for the simplest of people. It's connected with saving the life of a child. Especially since this was her brother. What's the big deal? I Meaning, before we said you're saving lives. But yes, because you're saving lives, it's obvious that anybody's going to do whatever they can to save someone's life, especially your brother. And what are you rewarding her for that? That the Abishter is giving her COVID. What kind of, kind of COVID? That all of the Yidin are waiting for her and the Mishkan and for a significant amount of time. She did something that anybody would do. And for this, you're giving her this huge COVID. So on the one hand, we're asking what she did was so great and the covenant seems so insignificant. On the flip side, we're asking what she did, anybody would do. And the amount of covenant that we're giving her is way beyond uh, uh, the, uh, the normal amount of covenant. The Rebbe is Rashi, my take from Pasuk Echtel, about Merachik. This is why Rashi has to quote the words Merachik. That the delay was not there. The fact that she waited there. For Moshe was not there to save Moshe's life. She was standing from afar. If, the, if there was a matter of danger, she would not have been able to accomplish. She would not have been able to do anything. She was too far. 
So you can't ask this question, how can you give her cover as a schar for the fact that she waited for Moshe? The fact that she was waiting there was not an act, not a life-saving act because she was too far to save his life. It was something else. It was just, she was just waiting for him. She was giving him honor of some sort to, 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 to be there for him. And therefore, we give him honor. We gave her honor in return. Now, to be quite honest, I don't know why Rashi has to introduce One of the Rebbe's questions was, why does Rashi bring in the whole idea of This question that, that seemingly the, the, the COVID and the deed are not, are not commensurate is only, only arises after you introduce and therefore Rashi has to add Meirochik. So I understand why Rashi adds the word Meirochik according to what the Rebbe explained. But I still don't see an answer to the question why Rashi introduces the whole concept of Kishush Lachlai'er. Unless Rashi wants to introduce the idea of Midah Keneged Midah. But in order to do that, he has to also include Meirochik. So he brings in the whole thing to say that it was Midah Keneged Midah, including the word Meirochik, so that way you can understand that this was not an Yinah Pikuach Nefesh. But... I'm struggling a little bit with where is the answer to the question why Rashi brings in, brings in the Kishahushlach Layer. And I don't have an answer to that uh, other than what I just said, so I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. But you still, going back into the Merachik, one word Merachik gives us a whole new insight into what's happening over here. This wasn't the Pikuach Nefesh situation by Miriam and Moshe. And therefore, it's much more similar to our situation that it's not a, a, a pikuach nefesh because as we said earlier, we're not leaving her in the desert. It's just, we are, we are just letting her uh, finish her hezger, her quarantine period sooner. Then the Rebbe asked, why does Aji say begoymer? And the Rebbe is going to answer that in question in Sifches. A person could still ask a question. What is the connection of these two events? The fact that she waited for Moshe and now she's getting covered. The word Merach clarified that it wasn't a case of Pikuach Nefesh. It still doesn't show the connection between them. Therefore, Rashi adds the word By continuing to read in that parsha in those psukim, you will add extra understanding in the events that occurred there that will then connect it to the events that occurred now with Miriam. What was the outcome, the benefit of the fact that Miriam was standing from afar to know what has to be done, what will happen to him? tells us the story. Baspari came to bathe in the river. She saw a baby crying and she had compassion on him. She wanted to calm him, and she couldn't. So then Miriam comes out from the uh, where she was standing, and she says to Basparay, Should I go and call one of the Jewish women who will nurse the baby for you? So Basparay says, go. The girl went, the young one went, with alacrity and with youthfulness. And she called the mother of the baby. She called Yechavet. As his movement is understood, had Miriam not been there, since Abbas Paroi had brought him to many of the Egyptian women, and he wouldn't nurse from any of them. But Baspari eventually Baspari would have realized and and would have called a Jewish woman to, to feed baby Moshe. But it would have taken a much longer time until she realized what was going on. 
So the benefit of Miriam being there for him is Bashtanin in them was the Adermit Fashnelet Farkirt Timsman for Moshe's Tsar. She hastened the time that Moshe would eat. She shortened his pain of his hunger. Umemele is move on. So now we understand as the COVID that the honor that was accorded to her by the Abishter, the fact that the people didn't travel until Miriam's readmission, ending that her pain of having to be quarantined should finish sooner, is is exactly commensurate to what she had done. Because the, 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 there was one, because she waited for Moshe when he was by the, by the river and she was able to give Moshe Rabbeinu less pain, less hunger, because she was able to bring him someone to feed him sooner. So too, the same exact honor was accorded to her that her pain, the pain of her quarantine was shortened because they waited for her so she could have her full her full seven days completed. The fact that the Rebbe quotes the whole is to answer the question I asked before. That after he says Meirachik and after he says Vegaymar, we understand that there's a Midikineged Mida over here, and therefore that she brings this whole thing to show the Midikineged Mida. That's the Pshat. Sif Tess is Yenish Shaltera. Yenish Shaltera and Pirish Rashi, the wine of Tera, to look at this from a deeper perspective. The fact that the Mishnah says that the, that the Yidin waited, although it's obvious that the, the, the cause of the delay for, came from Hashem because the clouds had not lifted, is because the reason why the Mishnah gives credit to the Yidin is because the Mishnah is telling us that the Yidin also wanted to wait for, for Miriam. Obviously they had to wait because the Abishter made them wait, but they also wanted to wait. Though it makes sense that Rashi would agree that the Yidin would have wanted to wait for her as well. Rashi emphasizes that this came from the Yibishter. Not as the Mishnah says. So we can explain on a deeper level what is the reason between the difference between Rashi and the, Medri, and the Mishnah. In other words, both Rashi and the Mishnah agree that the Yidin waited until the clouds lifted. Both Rashi and the Mishnah agree that the Yidin wanted to wait for Miriam. Except that Rashi, the Mishnah says Yisrael and Rashi says Amokim. Why? So the Rebbe explains something very beautiful. Chazal tell us that everything is in the hands of Hashem besides for Yerushalayim. Which means the person's conduct to, to act according to what the way the Eivister wants, that is the person's choice. Therefore, it's difficult to say that this good decision that the Yidin made to wait for Miriam is only based on Bidei Shemaim. The fact that the Onan didn't uh, lift and not for their own will doesn't make sense. Because if this was a good deed, then it has to be that this is something that was not only Bidei Shemaim. Mr. Lemer makes sense to say, as Adirabe, those of the Onan is given bim koimai, is given their fire, but the Yidin don't give out of your heart. And the fact that the Onan remained in its place was because the Yidin wanted to do this. When does the Mishnah Madgish Lefichach and Sakhvalo Yisrael, therefore the Mishnah emphasizes the Yidin waited, Masim some clothes are taken in the Hemshech Mishnah, as we feel sick with the Yidin in an Eifel for me to connect with In other words, what makes sense is that Hakol Bidishman Chosmi Yerushamayim, if there was, a, if there was a, a decision to wait for Miriam, it probably came from the Yidin, not Bidishamayim. And the fact that the Abister waited for them was because that's what they wanted. And therefore the Mishnah Taka says, so then why does Rashi not say that? 
According to Rashi, even if Rashi was to accept that he didn't want to wait, it's difficult to say, according to Pesudah Mikra, that this one time out of all the 42 Masois was different, that here was dependent on the, on the will of the Yidin, when all the other ones was totally not their choice. So if you're looking at it from a Mishnah perspective, then, then, then we're not focusing on that. But if you're looking at it at a perspective of Pesudah Mikra, then there has to be a sense of consistency. And if all the other Masois were dependent on the Abishter, when the Abishter decided to lift to lift the cloud, then to say that here is different is difficult to say. And the Farachi says, not to say that the Yidin didn't want this, and not to say that the Yidin wouldn't have waited, but to say that it came from the Abishter because it was the Abishter is the one who lifted the mountain, who lifted the cloud, Whenever it was, the, whenever it was the right time, probably because the Yidden wanted to do so. But we can't say that according to Pesudah Shomikra. Let's take this a level deeper. Because we're talking about the Shalteira, which is the depth, the inner, more part of this matter. So what we have, what Rashi is telling us is the essence. And the truth of the matter. As even those things of Yiddishamayim, even those things that are being brought about by the persons of Voidah, it also has to come from above. But not that the Abishter's hands are controlling it. It comes from even higher than Yiddishamayim. This fact. And the Yidden wanted to give her covet. The Yidden wanted to uh, give her the honor of waiting for her. Where did it come from? It came from a, an inspiration that came from above, from the Abishter. And therefore, it says, to know that, yes, of course it was their choice. The Yidden made the choice to do this. But, where did that choice come from? It came from the Abishter inspired them to, be, to make this, pro, pro, this, this proper choice. But the Mishnah, which is not it's Nigla Where we don't see in a very clear way that this is coming from above. Because then it would contradict the idea of the person's choice. Here, in, in, in the revealed world, we see things as they are in reality, that this is coming from the persons of Veda, and therefore the Mishnah says, Nesach v'lo Yisrael, because that's what we see in the open. Sif Yud, Al according to the above, that, the Uftu of Rashi, is to teach us, that everything, that even the things that happen below, come from above, We'll understand why this idea that Rashi wants to hint to us in Yenus Altaira, that everything comes from above, why does Rashi hint, us to, hint that to us in the uh, uh, discussion of Tzadas? The whole idea of Mitzayra, that he's being sent out of all three camps. Because Mitzayra represents the opposite of Kedusha. And therefore he has to go outside of all of the camps, even of the lowest of the camps. Which displays the fact that he has to be distanced even from the lowest level of Machna Yisrael. Of the, of, of, of the camp of the, of the This will also give us a deeper reason. Earlier we asked the question, is it Badad Yeshev or is it Michus Lamachana Meshavay? And we concluded based on what happens by Miriam that there's a Iker, is that not just Badad Yeshev, that he should be alone, but he should be Michus Lamachana. This is the deeper reason for this. If there's no machna, if there's no delineated place that is the camp, then we don't see that he is outside of the borderline of Kedusha. He's outside of the, of the Kedusha space. 
And part of this process is to emphasize that he cannot be allowed in any machina, in any space of Kedusha. That because we have to understand the severity of the of the Mitzrayah. And therefore this concept that everything, even Yiddishamayim, that, that, that we are told has to be done by our own Aveda, is really inspired by Lamaila, is specifically said by the Mitzrayah and by his Tara, or the clawless Inyan from Taras Mitzrayah, because the whole concept that the Mitzrayah can become purified comes from above. Because he is so far, therefore the only way to bring him back is through above. Therefore, as it said, it's explained in a different sikh that this is why it says by Mitzrayim, he is brought to the Koyin, which implies even against his will. Because to awaken someone to Tshuva, someone who is on such a low level that he is asked to be outside of, of, of even the third Machana is not mitzad dimension. It can't come from the person himself. Because he finds himself in such a low state, it's very difficult that he should awaken within himself a desire for tshuva. So how does a person who's a mitzad who's so far away, how does he uh, return? This comes from a, a, an awakening from above. Since the Abishta promised that no Yid will ever be pushed away, this also injects strength, power into the person. The Abishta helps him that it shouldn't be. So the Abishta gives him a Seder's Tshuva, an awakening to Tshuva, and this helps him that he should be able to, to, to become purified and return back to his people, to the Machna Yisrael or wherever he belongs. And there's a very, very powerful lesson over here that we should never give up on anyone. Because even someone that's a Mitzayda, even someone that's Mechutz Lamachana, even someone that is so far, we should know that, and we think that this person can never come to Tshuva, we should know that the Eibishter is Me'erid him, Elamayla, Eibishter awakens him from above and gives him the Kayach that even he should be able to do Tshuva and maybe see the return of all Yidin together with the Mashiach Tzitkeinu, Mehera V'yameinu Mamesh.